There's many historians out there that say that there are particular signs that show the the decline of of a society or or the beginning stages of the decline of a society or or an empire. Really, is what I'm trying to say, and we're seeing a lot of those signs now, as we know. And I'm going to go over one of those signs today with with a story that just came out today, which is something that's been happening in New Zealand for at least the last four or five years. I'll go into that in a second. But first, welcome to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast, commentary, comedy, conversation. Uh, subscribe and, and like and share and comment and do all those things and that all helps the show grow. And thank you to those that uh, already have subscribed. Nice to have you along for the for the ride. Okay, before I go into the story I want to talk about, I just wanted to bring this up because it, it, it apparently was doing the rounds on social media. I only just saw it yesterday. And I'll try and post an image of it in the show notes. Uh, so if you're on Substack, you can have a, have a look at the image. It's... It's a, a masked baby on a, a New Zealand flight, and there's a lot of the media sort of finds it quite quite cute and adorable. The hero of our time is a quote underneath here, and it's a baby in a mask, little baby. I'd say the baby's about three months, four months old, around that age, and the mask is covering her entire face, one of those blue masks, and they have cut eye holes so the baby can see. I'll try and post the image in the show notes. It's it's just awful, and people are thinking it's cute because the, there's a, a guy with wearing a hat behind the baby, so it kind of looks like the baby's wearing a hat and looks like a superhero mask on the back. You're covering the baby's face completely with a mask. Mental stuff, absolutely mental stuff. You want you want a sign of the decline of our times, jeepers. There you go. Anyway, what did I want? What did I, what, what what did I want to rant about today? What did I want to point out today? Well, uh, there's been a landmark agreement. This is this is uh, cricket in New Zealand, a landmark agreement. Cricket is basically baseball, but a better version of baseball. So I'm sure that's offensive to a lot of Americans who have now tuned out of the show. That's all right. That's fine. Um, so there's been a landmark agreement in New Zealand cricket. Now, this is very, very similar to the whole US female soccer debacle with their pay. So what's happening with New Zealand cricket? And this goes deeper than just New Zealand cricket. But what's happened today is New Zealand cricket has closed the pay equity gap for women's cricketers with both men and women receiving the same pay for the same work on the same day. The new men's and women's combined agreements, so they've combined the agreement, okay, will see the White Ferns, which is the New Zealand female team, and domestic women's players receiving the same match fees as the men across all formats and competitions. Now, my first reaction was, how many people actually watch women's cricket? How many people watch women's cricket? I don't know anybody who watches women's cricket. How many people are in the audience that are actually there on game day watching? That are just watching? What, 11 and 10 of them are family family members? What is it? And, and the other guy there, the other one guy of that 11 is, is the perv with binoculars? How, how many? I'm just, that, that's, a, that's a joke, okay? Don't be, don't be offended! Just making a joke, but seriously, what is what's the viewership numbers? And I don't mean viewership numbers that you've the the whole manipulated, lying with statistics type thing where you you combine the men's viewership with the women's because they just happen to be on the same day. None of that. I want their actual figures there. That would be the first step. 
because this whole pay gap nonsense is is just that it's absolute crap we know it's crap it's been debunked over and over and over and over again for many many years but this is again just a, a sign of the absolute times it's just we're in such decline and this is what we're doing so what's going to happen here is high, the highest ranked uh, female players can receive up to 163000 a year. The 17th, don't know why they've chosen that, can earn up to 142000 So they have a particular set of, of contracted players. And that, the amount of contracted players has also gone up. So the, the women's domestic contracts have increased from 54 players to 72. That's paid players here. And they'll have more chances to play with a new new series. I'm all, I'm all for pushing the women's game. That's fantastic. If women want to play it, great and encourage it. Fantastic, and you and you want to invest in that. Here's the problem: equal pay for the for the so-called same job on the same day is just a load of nonsense. It's an absolute load of nonsense. What what's what you're effectively effectively doing is implementing a little socialist style system in the uh, the cricketing world by saying, well. Yes, the men earn the bulk of the money here, but we're going to take that and give half of it to the woman. Does that sound right to you? Now, I'm not saying you don't take a percentage of that and help grow the woman's game, but here's the thing. At some point, it has to be you have to be funding that. So is, is there going to be enough people watching this, enough sponsorship and enough money coming in to be able to fund players earning this t- sort of money? And how long before New Zealand cricket is in financial trouble because of this this type of thing? Or that talent from the men's game decides, well, I'm just going to go play overseas because my uh, earning is capped because they're not going to invest in me. They're, they're investing in the female game. So why would I hang around here when I can go earn a lot more overseas, particularly in India? And <laughs> the fact is, there's going to be a lot of quietly resentful men in that sport now. So they won't be allowed to say anything. The New Zealand uh, men's captain came out and said, it's a really important for the current players to build on the legacy of those who have gone before us and to support tomorrow's players, both men and women, at all levels. This agreement goes a long way towards achieving that. It's a very bland statement from somebody. I, I, I can't imagine the men are overly thrilled with this. Again, you want to fund the women's game and take a percentage of what, the, the particularly, predominantly, what the men are drawing in with the money. Fine, it's great. And build the game. But you, you can, you're not solving anything here. You just what you're trying to do is trying to skip a bunch of steps. The men took, I don't know how old cricket is, 120, 130 years, maybe older. The men took uh, the better part of a century to build that game into into a professional sport and to get it where it is today, where they are actually and people want to go and watch it and pay for it, and where they're actually in a position to earn this these high high contracts. What what seemingly is happening is you're just going to skip the steps because we have to make everything equal. It's, not, it's just not how things work. It's not how things work. Again, I don't know anybody who watches the women's game. That's, that's just what it's just a fact. And and here's the thing: the woman complaining about this. How many women are watching cricket? How many women are watching the women's game? I hope you're supporting it. I hope you're out there buying the jerseys, paying for the tickets, doing all of that sort of stuff, watching it on TV, supporting it and helping it grow. I hope you are. And if you're not, what you usually hear is the loudest voices are the ones that don't even follow sports. They don't. They don't care. And this has happened in basically every major sport in New Zealand has become diverse and woke and and political. It's, a lot of it's become politicised. And it's completely ruined sports for, for a lot of guys. A lot of guys just completely tuned off, turned, turned off. 
not interested anymore. Again, you want to grow the woman's game, fantastic, but this is not the way to do it. Now, the reason I say this goes a lot uh, deeper than, than just this, well, actually, a, a white fern, I'll, I'll add this quote in, the white fern's captain, the female captain said, it's a game changer. Uh, she said it's, it's a massive step forward. And uh, it's great recognition of where the women's game is going and globally, not just in sport. We need to close those gaps between what men and women get paid. It's a fantastic step forward. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fantastic for, for the woman playing. They're now getting a huge, huge pay rise. Huge pay rise. Now, if, if they've earned that, if they're bringing in that sort of money, fantastic. Good on you. But uh, w- when I said this goes a lot deeper than just this New Zealand cricket decision, I present to you from uh, 20, 2018, uh, Sport New Zealand, Board Gender Diversity, Supporting Good Governance Through Board Diversity. In October 2018, the government launched its strategy for women and girls in sport and active recognition and, and, and active recreation. At the same time, Sport NZ launched its response to this strategy, which included a commitment to achieving a board gender diversity target. Yep, a board gender diversity target. I've been following this story for since it happened for the better part of four years, and the reason I followed it was because I uh, I enjoyed sport and bonding with my friends over sport, and this was part of its its decline and it's really turned a lot of people off, as I've mentioned. Anyway, it goes on. Uh, Sport New Zealand will be working with partners to meet a minimum requirement of 40% self-identified females. Now, already a loophole. Self-identified females. 40% self-identified females on their boards by December 2021. This is a formal condition of investment for Sport New Zealand group partners. So any sports, there's about 60 or so sports receiving grants, which is basically public funds, and Sport New Zealand is basically saying, if you don't get 40% of females on your board, then that grant is is under threat. So you're having a, a metaphorical gun pointed at your head saying, well, you don't do this, we, uh, we're not going to give you your money. So who's run, who's pulling who's pulling the strings here? Because the boards certainly don't have any other power here. If they're going to have their money taken away, just threaten to take their money away, get them to do whatever they want. Dance monkeys, just unreal. But the, the self identified thing is very is very hilarious because if you're a man on on the board, just turn around and say I identify as a woman while I am working. When I go home, I'm a man again. There you go. I'm fluid. I'm fluid. There's nothing they can do. You could seriously do that. There's not much they could. They couldn't turn around and say, "Well, we don't believe you." So, since so that's happened since 2018. Of course, New Zealand cricket jumped on board straight away. Oh, we're getting on this. They were right back in it in, in 2016. Women in cricket, uh, getting the diversity thing on the boards. They say. So they have some a few statistics here that the. But I'll run through a little bit of what they've said in in the. In their Women in Cricket document from 2016, they, New Zealand Cricket says, we, uh, we have to start, the report recommends, by appointing more women to our boards and management teams. That's not as easy as it sounds because the research shows that women have a tendency to underestimate their ability relative to men. Obviously, their personality differences there. Hmm, interesting. On top of the personality differences, there has also been studies showing what areas men and women generally go into. And 
the higher risk jobs are definitely uh, more male focused and the social uh, more female as well as the time in the job and experience in the job and the hours worked all of that sort of thing adds up and with cricket particularly it's it's viewership and how many people are supporting a particular game as we know but anyway it goes on uh, which means it's it's not enough just to open the door for for women we are going to have to identify and shoulder tap women assume they do have the necessary skills and encourage them to apply for positions having appointed them we must also support these women uh, it says government and leadership recommendations significantly and quickly increase the proportion of females in cricket governance uh, ensure all national and regional cricket associations have leadership roles accountable for driving improved cricket outcomes for females so they're creating more bureaucracy more jobs positively influence the media awareness and portrayal of females success and legacy in cricket so there's some uh, propaganda thrown in in the media as we've been watching and witnessing over the last three four years anyway and again sure great you want to get more of the coverage in the media fantastic now that's what your organization is there to do is it's there to, to grow but they're openly admitting the the spin uh, gradually increase female presence in coaching and umpiring positions now the whole significantly and quickly increase the proportion of females in cricket governments government governments <laughs> governance that's what i'm trying to say governments yeah. That'll be a meat a lot of people would like to buy at the supermarket. Anyway, the significantly and quickly increase the proportion of females on the board, basically, is... That's interesting, because we could jump over to New Zealand Cricket Board. The president of New Zealand Cricket, appointed in 2016, the same year the paper came out, is Debbie Hockley. That's a female, if you didn't know. The vice president, Leslie Murdoch. It's also a female. That's interesting. On the board, we have a, a, a man, Martin. Then we have another female, Anna. So that's three, three to one. Then we have Jackie. That's four to one. Then we have Kevin. Good for Kevin. He's, he's got the number up four to two. But then uh, Diana Pukitapu. So there is. And uh, Rebecca is also there. And then we go to Roger. Bill. And that's it. So there you go. You've got about four. What have we got? One, two, three, four five six so they've gone the other way really haven't they it's, it's about six females to four men uh they've gone the other way they really rapidly did increase this and debbie the 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 president was the first female uh what is she she is the first woman to hold the post of president in new zealand cricket's 122 year history the first female president of any icc four member board and was awarded life membership of new zealand cricket in 2018 so they they really took that on board and, and ran with it now, this obviously is affecting all the sports that are receiving grants, uh, public grants. And last year, this article came out, sports boards lean into female representation as deadline looms. So I think I can see why sports has declined over the last four or five years. <laughs> Again, it's like the police. Why are they they're absolutely focused on diversity and on, on gender and all this absolute crap that no healthy society is looking at and and trying to sort of it's like they're trying to plan this utopia and it is almost a a mini mini cosm mini mini world of socialism going on where we're going to 
we're going to dictate what you what you earn based on a characteristic that you can't control because we need diversity. It has to be even. Everything has to be even. That's the utopia. And it's, it's never it never works. And how, how can you ever say you're getting the right people in the job because you're not basing it on competence or performance. You're basing it on genitalia. So this article goes on. Major sports boards around the country are leaning into female representation around the table as a major deadline looms. In 2018, the government under its Women and Girls in Sport and Active Recreation strategy, introduced a 40% female representation on boards uh, for, for the, their quota. So that they've got a quota. I love the, the, the term quota. I'm unreal. Uh, for sports that receive more than 50 grand a year in public funding, those who don't meet the quota deadline in December potentially put their public funding at risk. Of the 64 eligible sports, all but six have already met the requirements, which is pleasing to Sport New Zealand Chief Executive Ray Lynn Castle. Yes, this is, this is good. This is very pleasing to me. Good dance, puppets, dance. More females. We want more. Raylene, Raylene Castle, a female Chief Executive of Sport New Zealand. So Sport New Zealand also has a female lead. She, she, it's quoted, uh, she says, because its population represents representative we have men and women play sport so it's important that those female voices are represented on sports boards organizations with great level of diversity perform better so when you add those two things together it becomes a no-brainer do they perform better really hmm it's interesting forcing things and quotas i'm sure that makes performance go up in a company i have my very very serious doubts on that and there's no link to anything to suggest that that's true uh, Raylene apparently wasn't a fan of quotas initially, but she said this exercise has proven quotas work. Oh, the threat. Threatening to take people's money away. Oh, works, does it? She said if you want to expedite something, it was important to have a quota with criteria people needed to meet and have some and have some consequences for not meeting the target. <laughs> this is just dystopian bullshit, isn't it? Wow. Sorry, I was rubbing, rubbing my beard there. It probably came through on the microphone. Um, let's move the dial in the most constructive way, she said. When you do put a firm plan in place and work really hard to get that outcome, then great things can be achieved. <laughs> hey, it sounds like it comes straight out of the USSR. The next phase, she said, is wider diversity on boards, including cultural diversity, to ensure those who play sport are well represented around the boardroom table. Among this is this is interesting though. Among the six yet to meet the target is New Zealand rugby, and New Zealand rugby is New Zealand's biggest sport, biggest earner by far. And um, well, I'm not sure if it's, it, it, it's one of our biggest earners anyway. Definitely our biggest sport, and it hasn't met the quota yet. NZ Rugby Board Chair Stuart Mitchell said having a 22% female rep- representation on its board was not where we want to be. Sorry, Raylene. Sorry, we are working on it, but we haven't quite got... Don't! Don't, Raylene! No! No, Raylene, I'm sorry! <sighs> He's and, and apparently action is being taken to increase the numbers. New Zealand Rugby's next annual general meeting is in April, which means the organisation will miss the no- December 31st deadline. Oh dear. Oh no. He said, we've been told funding will be at risk in the future. We are not treating that lightly. We've been trying to be open and transparent about the path we are going down. We are excited about getting there. It's just taking a bit longer than some. Are you excited? Or this is—it feels like a hostage video. 
it feels like somebody's talking to the camera and behind the scenes there's someone pointing a gun at them with us holding up a script for them to read we are excited smiley smile about getting there mm-hmm nz rugby has put out a target of 50 percent diversity including age ethnicity and gender by 2024 on its provincial union boards ah excuse my language but good fucking luck unbelievable this is what you're focusing on really those boards currently have 16 percent female representation good that's actually quite a lot i'm actually quite surprised that that, that's that's already on on the board again female rugby women's rugby is not huge in new zealand it's it's growing and that's fantastic but you have to allow it to grow you can't force these things i shake my head i absolutely shake my head at the state of all areas of life in in new zealand and in the developed nations and what we're focusing on and, and, and how is it, it's just a sign again of the decline of society and with everything going on, this is what we focused on, sex and diversity and gender, if that's even a sex and gender, that I mean they're directly related, that's going to get back checked on some platform. So they're, they're going to be creating more bureaucracy, more positions, therefore they're going to have to fund more because they're going to have to pay for all of this, they don't have the funding to do it in the first place, they're under threat of losing funding if they don't do it. So, just blows my mind. It continues on with New Zealand rugby. That <laughs> they say we haven't dropped the ball. We've just taken our eyes off of it. We'll get back to. We're going to get back to the diversity. Thing. Just trust us, please. Give us some more time. Oh man, up people. It is crazy. I'm going to leave it there. You see where this is all going, and it's been happening for a long time. And it's interesting that uh, a certain government came into power. And then that we got all woke and, and socialist and, and diverse and that's what we're going to focus on. <laughs> the state of this country, it's not what it used to be, I tell you. Uh, anyway, I might break some of this down further in future, future in a future episode and go maybe into some more details of certain sports or, or, or something. Um, but I will leave it there for the time being. That's just sort of a brief overview and, and sort of a bit of a look at what's happening here. Uh, regarding sport and particularly New Zealand cricket it's it's uh it's it's not good it's not fun and it's actually why I I mean I grew up playing cricket I love the sport and it's just it's really sad to see what's being done in sports and uh, I don't I barely watch it anymore I don't watch cricket at all and this is part of the reason. Like it or lump it, that's just part of the reason. You can say, oh, well, you don't have to watch it. Okay. I was a big sports fan. You're turning off big sports fans. But, you know, they're on some sort of diverse, woke rampage, and they'll, they'll continue down that path. That's, that's not going to end until they're, they are getting hit in the, in the pockets. And they probably are. They're just not really admitting it. That's, uh, uh, people like me, aren't, um, they don't really care about actual fans that actually helped grow these sports to where they are they don't they don't care (laughs) they really don't care it's all about diversity now but there you go it's my rant for for today this has been the arriving somewhere with matt j podcast commentary clearly comedy a little bit a little bit today not a lot more of a more of an angry outburst do apologize do apologize and what's what partly what you're here for though isn't it and a conversation wasn't really conversation with somebody it's just uh me having a bit of a discussion with you or you having a you're part of the conversation you just you can't talk back (laughs) it's just the way i like it
Anyway, I will talk to you tomorrow. This has been the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast.